Hallelujah. So, the past couple of weeks we've been uh, studying about the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, and uh, we understood that today we are living in a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We understood the same Holy Spirit who was there in Genesis 1 verse 3 where He was there in creation. Today, that same Holy Spirit is living in us. Hallelujah. Jesus said, It is advantageous for you that I go away, for when I go away, I will send the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to you. He said, You will be in an advantageous position compared to everybody else because I am going. And when I go, I will ask the Father and send the Holy Spirit to you. He said in John 16. And in John 14, He said, Whatever I did, I want you to do the same thing, even greater things. And then He said, For this I will pray the Father, and He will send you the Holy Spirit. That means Jesus is expecting each one of us to do what He did, and He knows that we cannot do it by ourselves. And for that, He said, He will send the Holy Spirit. So we've seen... So we've been looking at the Holy Spirit. We've seen that the word comforter or the word helper that is used in John 14 and 16. It, the word is parakletos, which means a person called with a special calling to be alongside you forever. See, that's, a, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. The, the meaning of the word comforter is called with a special calling to be alongside you forever. That's the Holy Spirit for us. Today, He is with us, not just with us, He is in us. 1 Corinthians says, we are, our body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He dwells in us. He is in us today and he is, we, we've got a permanent roommate for us, our own spirit, that's the Holy Spirit. With us till Jesus comes. Ephesians 1 uh, verse 13 says, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The moment when we heard the gospel and believed, immediately we were sealed with the Holy Spirit. So He is there in us. So we studied about the Holy Spirit and then we've been looking at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, after He explained all these things, before He was uh, crucified, he's, He talked about the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit before He was crucified. After He was crucified, He died, He rose again. Then in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, He says, And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto Me in Judea, in Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. He said, this is something different now. Imagine, He rose again, and Let's look at that scripture. Acts chapter 1. We'll read from verse 3 onwards. Oh, we'll read from verse 2. It says, Until the day in which he was taken up, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proof, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, 
which he said you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. All right. And then in verse 8 he said, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, look at verse 2. He said, He through the Holy Spirit had given them command, given commandments to the apostles. Now this is talking about before crucifixion. Before crucifixion, Jesus by the Holy Spirit spoke to the apostles about the Holy Spirit. The coming of the Holy Spirit. Look at that. And that's what he said in verse 4. He said, not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. And now, he said, he's telling you what shall happen. What shall happen? He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit is come upon you. Power for what? Power to be a witness. Witness means something that you have seen, that you are a part of, you are the one who is giving weight to something. Your statement gives weight to something. That's the job of a witness. He said, you will be witnesses unto me. Now, we should understand that he is talking here after resurrection. That means, he's saying, you will be witnesses unto the resurrected Jesus. Not the Jesus who was on the cross. Not the Jesus who was dead. Not the Jesus who was buried but the Jesus who is resurrected and alive. Look at that. He's saying, you will be witnesses unto me. That means the Jesus who is alive. To be a witness of a resurrected Jesus, you need power. See, at we can say, the apostles were there, they saw Jesus resurrected. But what about us today? We've never seen him with our eyes. We've never touched him. We've never seen the tomb. If you have been to Jerusalem, well, good. Others, I've not seen the tomb. All right. I've not seen how it looks. We don't know how he looked like. But still, we are supposed to be a witness. How can you be a witness of something you did not see? That's where the power comes in. When the power comes in, you don't have to speak much. The manifestation of the power with signs and wonders and miracles is, will be enough as a witness. They will not be able to deny the power. When the blind eyes are open, when the deaf ears are open, when the lame starts walking, when cancers fall off people, when, 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 when the paralyzed are, are, are standing up and walking, well, that's a manifestation of the power. When that happens, Everybody will know Jesus is alive. Because it's not you or me who is doing it. It's Jesus. He is the healer. He is the one who healed the sick. He is the one who gave sight to the blind. It's Him. That's why we need the power. That's why we need the power. Without the power, we can try saying, speaking to people about Jesus. But there is no guarantee anybody will believe. They will say, hey, you believe in your God, I'll believe in my God. You believe in something that is written? I will believe in something that is written for me. But what is the proof? What is the proof? How can you prove that Jesus is alive today? By the manifestation of the power. That's why we need this baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's why we need this. The baptism in the Holy Spirit 
with the evidence of speaking in tongues is a manifestation of the power of God for every single believer. When in chapter 2, verse 4, it says, uh, we'll read from verse 2, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Look at that. It says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and what did they do? What is the evidence that they were filled with the Holy Spirit? They all spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So the first evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Holy Spirit is speaking in other tongues. That's the first evidence. So if you speak in tongues, you need to know first of all that you have received power. There is power. The generator is with you, but most of us have never used it. Or rather, we, have, we do not know the advantages of using it. If you speak in tongues, know that you have received power. But don't let it be a one-time experience. Let's go to Ephesians 5. Verse, we'll read from verse, um, we'll read from verse 15. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Look at that. He's saying, don't be fools, but be wise. And the first evidence of being wise is redeem the time. And how, and how do you do that? Why? There's a reason, because the days are evil. I mean, not a single person here need any proof that the days are evil. We all know that we live in evil days. You look around you, you know you are living in evil days. The things that happen, man, the amount, the number of rape cases happening every day in India, it's crazy. You know you are living in evil days. I was just shocked when I, when I saw yesterday's news. It says that a woman was raped in, in, in Vishakapatnam at 2 p.m. on the street. We are in evil days. We are in evil days. And somebody is catching the whole thing on, on, on camera and posting it on YouTube instead of helping them. See, what happened to them? What happened to the people? Crooked, perverted minds. We are in evil days. We do not need any more proof. We know we are in evil days. So, Bible says, do not be fools, but be wise. Redeem the time. How? says in verse 18 it says do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation but be filled with the spirit look at that but be filled with the spirit actually the word filled it is written here in past tense but it is a present continuous tense the actual translation should be be constantly filled with the spirit <coughs> or be being filled with the Spirit. It's a present continuous tense. So, what is the evidence of being filled in the Spirit? Speaking in tongues. The first step is speaking in tongues. 
So one of the things that we need to understand is we know we should know we are living in evil days. This was written 2000 years ago. How much more is it pre um, relevant for us today? So speaking in tongues and being filled in the spirit is for us today. Is for every single believer today. In 1 Corinthians 5, uh, 14, verse 39, the last part says, Do not forbid to speak with tongues. Do not forbid to speak with tongues. And in verse 5, the Apostle Paul says, I wish and desire you all speak with tongues. So it is the will of God for every believer to be filled in the Spirit and to be speaking in other tongues. This is for the New Testament church today. This is for the church today. So <coughs> we've seen many advantages of speaking in tongues. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. I would encourage you to get uh, last week's audio and listen to it. Because I would be continuing from it. I'll be just uh, going through it a little bit. And then we'll be continuing. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 onwards I'll read. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So here it says, Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For many times we do not know what we ought to pray for. We all know how it feels. When you go through certain situations, you don't know what to pray for. And when you do not know, when you, when you lack information, you are in a weak spot. You are weak. Your lack of information makes you vulnerable. Your lack of information makes you weak. So here it says, then what should we do? The Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The word uttered means speaking in, in a language that is intelligible. Intelligent language. So it says the Spirit makes intercession for you in a language that is not intelligible. That means that in a language that doesn't make sense. With groanings. With words that cannot be uttered in vernacular language. That means in a language that you know, that you, are, that you speak, that you understand, that makes sense to you. It says, verse 27, Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So now it says, the intercession that the Spirit makes in groanings and words that cannot be uttered or spoken in intelligent language, that is according to the will of God. So whatever you are speaking, when you speak in tongues, it is the will of God. Those groanings, those utterances, those words that you are speaking is according to the will of God. And then the next verse says, verse 28, And we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So that verse, many times mostly misused verse, is actually speaking about a few group of people. The group of people who speak in tongues. 
it is not for everybody it is not for every Tom, Dick and Harry who calls himself a Christian <coughs> no you may be born again but if you do not speak in tongues this verse is not for you this is for those people who speak in tongues who allows the spirit to make intercession for you in words that is beyond your intelligence words that you do not understand that's speaking in tongues and then the next verse says for whom he foreknew he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren moreover whom he predestined these he also called whom he called he also justified whom he justified he also glorified whom he justified he also glorified how many justified people here you should understand if you are justified by the blood of Jesus the blood of Jesus made you righteous Jesus became sin so we today are the righteousness of God we are justified justified means just as if you have done nothing wrong and what does it say whom he justified he also glorified glorified now this verse this verse about us being glorified is a continuation of the scripture that is talking about speaking in tongues it's a continuation look at that who is being glorified here us it says whom he called are you called are you called whom he called he justified are you justified yes uh, then if you're justified what does it say you are glorified you are glorified it's a continuation of those who are I mean describing those people who are speaking in tongues see I'm sure Paul was not high on something else when he wrote this I'm sure he was not high on something else the same Holy Spirit who filled him inspired him to write this so the the the, the continuation of the letter the progression of what he is writing should make sense should make sense to understand this let's go to 1st Corinthians 14 1st <coughs> Corinthians 14 verse 2 says for he who speaks in an unknown tongue does not speak to men but to God so when you speak in tongues, to whom are you speaking? To God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Look at that. So number one, when you speak in tongues, to whom are you speaking? To God. Alright. Now, look at, look at verse 14. Verse 14. It says, For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. So who is praying here? Your spirit is praying. Your spirit is praying. Alright. And to whom are you speaking? To God. So your spirit is speaking to God. From where did the words come? Acts chapter, <coughs> Acts chapter 2 verse 4. We read it before. Acts chapter 2. Look at that. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues 
as the Spirit gave them utterance. So who gave the words? The Holy Spirit. So what is basically praying in tongues? Your spirit speaking to God with words given by the Holy Spirit. That is praying in tongues. And coming back to 1 Corinthians 14, you see, verse 2 says, No man understands. No man understands. And verse four, sorry, uh, chapter 14, verse 2 says, No man understands. And verse 14 says, My spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So, before you are bothered about somebody else, you should know, when you pray in tongues, what you are speaking does not make sense to yourself. Your own understanding is unfruitful and no man understands. <coughs> but read verse 2 again. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God for no man understands him. However, in the spirit he speaks mysteries. So what are you speaking? Your spirit speaking to God with words given by the Holy Spirit which you don't understand, others don't understand. But in the spirit, you are speaking mysteries. So what are these mysteries? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. We speak what? The wisdom of God in a mystery. Now look at that. The hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages or the foundation of the earth for what? For our glory. See, look at that. Again, speaking in tongues is, is related to our glory. Our glory. Whose glory? Our glory. Our glory. So the primary purpose of God is for us to get glory. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. <coughs> Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read from verse uh, 4. <coughs> Hebrews 2 verse 4. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Sorry, verse 5 says, For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subject to angels, but one testified in a certain place saying, What is man that you are mindful of him? Or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. Now an angel, when God made man, an angel of God is asking him, what is man? What did God do to man? What is the first thing God did to man? Look at that. He crowned him with glory and honor and all, and set him over all the works of his hand. That's what God did to Adam, isn't it? God made Adam in God's image. And what did he do? Be fruitful and multiply and have dominion over everything. God gave Adam authority over everything. Everything. And then what did Adam do? He sinned. He sinned. And what happened? He lost the glory. 
his spirit was separated from God. He lost the glory. And then, let's, let's look at that. Verse 9 says, But we see Jesus, alright, who was made a little lower than the angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, might taste death for everyone. See, Adam lost the glory and honor. Then what happened? Jesus came. And what, what did he do? He got, he got it back. The glory and honor. Just like Adam. See, it says, made him a little lower than angels. And then what happened? He was crowned with glory and honor. It didn't stop there. It didn't stop there. Verse, continue. Verse 10. For it was fitting for him... For whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons to glory. Hallelujah. So what did Jesus do now? He brought us all into the glory. He brought us all into the glory. So the first thing we need to understand, it is God's will for us that we receive glory. Because if we don't have glory, then what glory can we give him? The glory that we have is His glory. The glory that He gave us. Are you understanding this? And in the New Testament, the manifestation of the Spirit, the infilling of the Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is the first step to the display of that glory. The filling of the Holy Spirit by the speaking of tongues is the first step by which you start displaying that glory. I want to show you something. Let's look at that. Go with me to, um, I think it's in Romans. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Romans chapter 6 verse 4 it says therefore we were buried with him through baptism unto death that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father so how was Christ raised from the dead by the glory of the father now what is this glory chapter 8 verse 11 Chapter 8 verse 11 says, If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead. Look at that. So the manifestation of the glory of God is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I'll repeat that again. The manifestation of the glory of God is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Today, you and I are in a dispensation of the Holy Spirit. See, the people in the Old Testament, they, their spirits were separated from God. Their spirits were dead. They did not and they could not have the Holy Spirit living in them. Today, as brand new creations of God, as born again people, with our spirits connected to God, 
We have a roommate, the same Holy Spirit living in us. And we have the Holy Spirit upon us. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was not living in them. Once in a while, the Holy Spirit would come upon either the king, the priest or the prophet. Once in a while, when God wants to give specific instructions to his people, the Holy Spirit would come upon these three people. These three people. And just for a, for a few minutes. And that's it. That's it. The people could not approach the glory of God. The glory of God was restricted to the Holy of Holies, where only the high priest could enter. After making sure that he has offered the right sacrifice. And if he did not offer the sacrifice with the right attitude, the moment he steps in there, he would fall dead. He would fall dead. But today, we, born again people, our spirits are alive, connected to God. And in our spirit, we are seated on the right hand side of God the Father in the presence of His glory. In the presence of His glory. That's where we are seated. Ephesians chapter 2, chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, and chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. We are seated in Christ, in the heavenly place, far above all principality, power, might, dominion, every name that can be named. Not only in heaven, but also that which is on the earth. In Christ, in heaven. That's where we are seated. In the presence of His glory. That's our position. So we should understand that. We should understand that. The glory of God that was displayed in the Old Testament is just a shadow. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We will read from verse 7. It says, But if the ministry of death, written and engraved on stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of the glory of his countenance, which glory was passing away, look at that. Moses spent 40 days in the presence of God on the mountain, and when he returned down, when he came back, his face was shining. His face was shining. He came down with the Ten Commandments. Look at that. And here it says, that is called, verse 7 says, that is the ministry of death. The Bible calls that the ministry of death. Bible calls it the ministry of death. It says, he said, if that had glory, look at that, the next verse. How will the ministry of the Spirit not be more glorious? More glorious. We are in living in a dispensation of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If that, Bible says, if that had glory, it's called the ministry of death. How much more us who are in the ministry of the Holy Spirit, more glorious. Let's look at that. Verse 9 says, if the ministry of condemnation, aha, they called it the ministry of death and now the ministry of condemnation. 
you didn't follow the Ten Commandments. You missed, this, you missed the second commandment, so condemnation on you. You missed the fourth commandment, condemnation on you. Look at that. It's called the ministry of condemnation. It said, if it had glory, the ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. Who is the righteousness of God today? Us. Jesus became sin, so today we are the righteousness of God. Being the righteousness of God, we are in the glory. We are much more glorious. That's why in Luke 16, 16, Jesus said, the law and the prophets were till John. And before that, um, one second, he said about John, let me just get that scripture. Uh, where was it? Yep. Mm, I'm sorry. That's not the one. Oh, come on. Where is it? <coughs> yep. Matthew 11, 11. <clears throat> Matthew 11, 11, he said, Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. Look at that. He said, among those born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. Till then, except for Adam, every other person on the earth, including Moses, Abraham, Isaac, John, uh, I mean, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, uh, David, Solomon, Isaiah, Zechariah, everybody, they were born of women. He said, among every person born of women, there is none greater than John the Baptist. That means John the Baptist is greater than everybody else in the Old Testament. Any name that you can pick from the Old Testament, John the Baptist is greater than all of them. But he didn't stop there. He said, anyone who is in the kingdom of God, the least who is in the kingdom of God, is greater than John the Baptist. See, when John the Baptist came, he was still under, under the old covenant because Jesus hadn't died he hadn't uh, uh, he wasn't he wasn't resurrected yet so they were still under the old covenant so he said the least in the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist that means every single thing that all the Old Testament guys saw the glory manifested, the cloud, the pillar of everything. It's nothing compared to what the least person in the kingdom of God can see and experience. Because they could not come close to God. Their spirits were dead. But our spirits are seated in the glory. They could see the glory of God from far, but our spirits are seated in the glory. Are you seeing this? In the heavenly places, in Christ, on the right hand side of the Father. That's where we are seated. So our positions are different. 
So what we can see is much greater than them. Why? Because we are in the presence constantly, 24 bar 7. That's where our spirit is, in Christ. But the problem is most of us don't know that. Don't know that. We do not know our position. See, the key to accessing the glory of God, the things in the spirit, is first comes by the knowledge of the word. By the knowledge of who you are, where you are in Christ. When you understand who you are, when you understand where you are in Christ, now you can open the door and show, show the light. Jesus said in, uh, sorry, in, let me see, that. where was it? In Matthew 5. Oh, let's look at John chapter 9 first. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John chapter 9 verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. In chapter 12, John 12 verse 46, he said, I have come as a light into the world, whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. So Jesus said, I am the light of the world. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So is he in the world? Go to Matthew chapter 5 verse 14. Matthew 5 verse 14. It says, you are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine. See, what light is it talking about? Go to John chapter 1, verse 4. John chapter 1, verse 4. It says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. In whom? In Jesus. Alright? And he said, I am the light of the world. In him was life. He came to give life, and today we have the life. We have the life. So, we are the light of the world. And how do you shine and display the light? How do you display what life it is. So what light it is? It is the light of the glory of where you are in Christ. We are glorified. We need to understand that. We are glorified. Let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We read verse 9. It says, For if the ministry of condemnation had glory... The ministry of righteousness exceeds much more in glory. For even that which was made glorious had no glory in this respect because of the glory that excels. It says that glory, you can say it did not, comparing to the glory that we are in, that glory is no glory. Comparing to the glory that we are in today, that glory that the Old Testament guys saw, that the glory that they saw on the face of Moses, which was fading away, it is no glory. Many times we've wished, I mean, I have wished 
Oh, when I read the Old Testament, wish I was there to see the glory of God come as a, as a cloud and where the mountains melt like wax. Wow, so, so grand, grandoise and so, so, so wonderful with thunder, lightning. It will be awesome. Well, their spirits were dead. Their spirits were not connected to God. What did they have? Only soul and body. So what their believing was purely based on their senses. Unless they see something, they wouldn't believe. In the New Testament, Jesus said, Blessed are they who believe without seeing. They had to see something. And Jesus is saying, here it's, it says, compared to the glory that you are in right now, that is nothing. You can say that is no glory. No glory. We are in a much more glorious place in our spirit that cannot be compared to anything, any manifestation, absolutely nothing in the Old Testament. Nothing in the Old Testament. The glory, we are in the glory. We are glorified. Jesus has brought us into the glory. Now the thing is, how do we display that glory? How do we display that glory? Let's continue reading. Uh, where is it? Yep. Verse 11, For if what was passing away was glorious, what remains is much more glorious. Therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing by, but their minds were blinded. Let's read verse 18 or verse 17 onwards. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Look at that. Look at that. It says, we beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. That means we are actually a mirror that reflects the glory of the Lord. Why? Because you are in the glory. When people look at you, they are supposed to see the glory of the Lord. Why? You are glorified, you are sitting in the glory, and just like the moon reflects the light of the sun, you reflect the glory of the Son of God. When they look at you, they should see the glory. When they look at you, they should see the glory. In Acts chapter 6, we saw when they looked at Stephen, his face shined as the face of an angel. In chapter 7, verse 55, it says, And he, full of the Holy Spirit, looked and saw the glory of the, glory of the Lord. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Let's read that. Let's keep our finger here. We're going to come back there. Let's go to Acts chapter 7. Verse 55, 
but he being full of the Holy Spirit. How? Half full? Full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God. So the first step in seeing the glory of God is being full of the Holy Spirit. Being full of the Holy Spirit. And the evidence of being full of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. First, we need to understand our position in the glory. We need to understand our position in the glory. And when you start understanding, you start showing forth the glory. How? First step, speaking in tongues. As you continue being filled in the Spirit, you start reflecting the light. It's like a mirror that is clouded. It is faced, the light is shining on it, but the mirror is, is clouded. It, it, is, it is like uh, dirty. You swipe, you just clean, wipe one portion, that small part starts reflecting the light. You continue wiping more and more and more, more of the light is reflected. Are you, under, are you seeing that? So what happens when you be constantly filled in the Spirit? You start reflecting His glory, more glory, from one level of glory to the next level of glory. Are you, see, are you seeing the picture? That's why it's important to speak in tongues. The more you speak in tongues, more you are filled in the Spirit, the glory of God will be manifested through you. You cannot help but display that glory. It will be shining all over you. People will say, hey, your face is shining. There's something different about you. Your face is shining. I mean, people will recognize. I mean, as I, the more I study the baptism, the more I cannot separate myself from the glory. It is connected. Romans chapter 8, verse 2. Chapter 8. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Look at that. We saw in 2 Corinthians 3, he was comparing the Old Testament. It's called it the ministry of death. The ministry of condemnation. Today, we are in the spirit. We are completely set free from the law of sin and death. We operate under a different law. We operate under a different law. Why? Why? First of all, because we are a different species of being. You need to understand. Identify yourself first. You are a completely different species from the person out there on the street. Completely different species. You both operate under different laws. It's like comparing a diesel engine and a petrol engine. They both operate differently. They both operate differently. You cannot pour petrol in a diesel engine. You cannot pour diesel in a petrol engine. What is the, what is the result? Tamar. Over. That engine is gone. They have different operating principles. Two different systems. That's why Bible says 2 Corinthians 5.17 We are a new creation. New species of being. We are different from them. Our spirit is alive. The, the, the Holy Spirit is living inside us. 
Our spirit, in our spirit, we are seated on the right hand side of God the Father. The other people, their spirit is dead. They cannot understand this part. As we identify ourselves in the word and identify our position from the word, we see where we are seated. It's a position of glory. It's a glorified position. Each one of us, in our glorified position, we are supposed to reflect the glory of God. How will you do it? By being filled in the Spirit. By being filled in the Spirit. <coughs> By speaking in tongues. The more you do it, the more the glory manifests. The more the glory manifests. He said, He will supply your needs according to His riches in glory. You want your needs to be met? Speak in tongues. You, the Spirit of God is speaking through you, the wisdom of God. You will be in the right place at the right time. The riches of God will manifest. It will show up. It has to show up. The power of speaking in tongues. It is not something that you do just when you are just in, just, uh, in the church or during praise and worship. No. It's a constant refilling Refilling, filling, refilling of the Holy Spirit. That's our position. Because we are supposed to walk in the Spirit. For the engine to constantly keep running, you need a constant supply of fuel. Isn't it? Otherwise, what happens? The engine will shut down. You are not going anywhere. Yes or no? We are supposed to be constantly walking in the Spirit. Manifesting and doing the work of God. Jesus said, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Today, who is in the world? We. 1 John 4.17 says, no, 1 John 4.17 says, as He is, so are we in this world. Isn't it? So today, we are the light of the world. We are supposed to shine that light of His glory wherever we go. So how does it work? Speaking in tongues. Be constantly filled with the Spirit. As you are constantly filled in the Spirit, you constantly walk in the Spirit. As you constantly walk in the Spirit, you constantly show and manifest the glory of God. You will be in the right place, at the right time, doing the right things. Are you seeing this? It's very important. Your head may not understand what to do. You may be put in a situation where your head will be wondering, what should I do? But it's okay. You are not a head being, you are a spirit being. Isn't it? So what do you do? You get in the spirit. Activate the engine of the spirit. Be speaking in tongues. Be there. You will find the way opening. You will find the door opening. Because the, gl the glory of God will shine through you. You are reflecting His glory. So, as believers, we need to understand this. We are in a very, very glorified position, seated on the right-hand side of God the Father, in the presence of His glory. That's where we are. In, our, in that position, here on the earth, we reflect His glory. By constantly being filled, being filled, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, you are you're, you're showing forth His glory. We have to do it. The other people cannot do it. 
That's why God said the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of His glory. The whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of His glory. How? Through us. He said, you go into the world, preach the gospel. The more we shine forth His glory, the more the knowledge of His glory will be filled. If we fail to do that, the knowledge of the glory of God will not be shown. We are the ones who is supposed to display, manifest the glory of God. I mean, this is, this, this is awesome. I, mean, I can't take my eyes off it. The glory of God, what they saw in the Old Testament is nothing. We operate from there. He said, if you believe, John 11 verse 40, he said, if you believe, you will see the glory. In Mark 16, he said, if you believe, you will speak in tongues. Isn't it? You need to believe, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall speak in tongues. If you believe, you will see the glory. See, it's all based on the believing part. Isn't it? That's why he, he wrote in 1 John 5, 17, These things have I written to they that believe on the name of the Son of God that you should know you have eternal life. You have the life of God. You are created to show His glory. Adam was made to Adam was made so wonderful, so beautiful that he was constantly reflecting the glory of God. Any species of being that came to him, they would know, hey, this man is special. This man is special. In, in Hebrews 2, when we saw, it says, he was made a little lower than angels. Actually, it's not angels. The translators couldn't comprehend the actual, I mean, they couldn't believe the actual meaning of that word. It actually said God. It is written, the, the true translation is, you made man a little lower than God himself in God's own image. Angels are not made in God's own image. What comes just be below God? His image, isn't it? Being the image of God, we reflect his glory. Our spirit is alive. Our spirit is wall to wall, ditto carbon copy of Jesus. He is in, crowned with glory and honor. He brought us into the glory. Now we reflect his glory. We shine forth and display the glory of God. That's what we are supposed to do. Are you getting this? Are you getting this important? So do not neglect praying in tongues. What happened to Paul? He said, I speak in tongues more than all of you. I mean, he got downloaded with so much of revelation of the truth of the word of God that he wrote one third of the New Testament. The epistles. Amazing. And in Romans chapter 7, we see he had his flaws. Towards the end, you will see he is like, the good I want to do, I didn't do. The bad I don't want to do, I do. Who will save me from this boy? He knows. He had his weaknesses. He was a man first, but a man of God. But one thing he knew. One thing he knew. See, chapter 8, where he talks about the speaking in the spirit, all those things, is a continuation of chapter 7. Chapter 7, he is lamenting about himself, his flesh, being weak in the, in the flesh. But then he started chapter 8 saying, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, those who walk according to the Spirit of God. So he knows. 
even though he might have messed up somewhere, he is still in the, the real him is, is, is the person in the spirit. Why do you think he spoke in tongues so much? Because he knew if he doesn't speak in tongues, that what is written in the last part of Romans 7 will happen again. So he just spoke in tongues. He spoke in tongues. He reflected the glory of God. Revelation knowledge came in. That's why he could write about righteousness. He could write about our position in Christ. Are you understanding this? So today I encourage you, pray in tongues. Know this truth and now pray in tongues. As you pray in tongues, believe to see the manifestation of the glory of God. Expect it. Expect it. We have to expect it. If you don't expect, it's your ignorance. You will not be able to identify the manifestation of the glory. So be praying in tongues every chance you get as you walk, as you ride your bike or scooter or your car. Be praying in tongues. Expect. Let these scriptures run in your mind. I would encourage you, go and read these scriptures. Go read these scriptures. It's amazing. It's, it's, it's just overwhelming sometimes. As you understand, you are created to reflect the glory of God. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the same glory of God that raised Christ from the dead is today living inside us. Our spirit is not just seated in the glory. The glory is in us. Are you seeing that? The glory of God that raised Christ from the dead, that is the spirit of God, is dwelling in us today. He's in us today. Our spirit is seated in Christ in the glory. That glory of God that raised Christ is in us, the Holy Spirit. So we don't have an excuse. Lack of knowledge was the reason for, the belie for believers, the people of God, not manifesting the glory. But today, as we understand this truth, be praying in tongues. Do not neglect praying in tongues. As much as possible, be in the Spirit. That's why he said, if you walk in the Spirit, you will... Uh, what was it? Uh, what? He said something about the flesh and the Spirit. You will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, all of us have flesh. One time or the others, we may lose it. I mean, today, got stuck in traffic, I lost it. So, what do you do? You repent, you just start praying in tongues. You calm down. So, each one of us can lose it. We have the flesh. But thank God, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but in the Spirit. You may have messed up, you may have lost it, but just get back in the spirit. Get back in the spirit. Starts by praying in tongues. As you, as you get in the, in, in the spirit, as you start praying in tongues, you're being filled. You're being filled. You're constantly being filled. And the glory of God will show up. In your workplace, in your business, in your house, in your neighborhood, wherever you are, you are the person reflecting the glory of God. So from today, I want each one of you to start expecting it. Expect people to say, hey, the glory is on you. There is something different about you. I mean, I'm saying this to myself because I have to do this. I have to do this. More than any of you, I have to do this because I'm the one teaching this. So it's, it's all the more my responsibility. Otherwise, I'm being a hypocrite.
I'm saying one thing, doing something else. So it's more than any of you, it's a challenge for me. So we need to understand, start expecting this. Pray in tongues. Be praying in tongues with the knowledge. With the knowledge that as you are doing it, you're reflecting the glory. You're reflecting the glory of God. Expect people to come and tell you there's something different about you. Your face is shining. If Stephen's face was shining like an angel, he was, he's our example. He is a New Testament saint. So are we. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. So are we. So if it happened to him, it's the same for us. You should expect people to come and tell you, hey, there's something different about your face. Something different about you. You're shining. You should expect. So this is a challenge. It's challenged me. So I need to start doing it. I need to start walking in it. Else, I'm, like I said, I'm being a hypocrite. It's for me. It's more challenging for me. So let's just, let's just make a decision that this is who we are. This is what we're supposed to do. But, uh, Jesus, I mean, God said in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, My people perish for lack of knowledge. My people get in trouble for lack of knowledge. We are the people of God. We will not perish. We will not get in trouble. We are delivered from the kingdom or dominion of darkness and we are already transferred into the kingdom of God. We are there. We are in the kingdom. We are greater than all the Old Testament saints. We will show the glory of God. We operate at a higher, higher level. We operate in a different law. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's our position. So when you pray in tongues, you're letting that law manifest. You're, you're releasing the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to work for you. It's a different law. It is beyond the law of economics. It is beyond the law of this natural realm. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we praise you, we worship for you. Thank you, Lord, for, for the revelation and understanding of who we are in Christ, of what our position is in the Spirit. Thank you that we, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God, thank you, are transformed into the image of your dear Son. Thank you, Lord, that we are moving from glory to glory. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, helping us. We go from this place with an understanding of this. We go from this place with a revelation of this. We go from this place making a decision to obey, to not be hearers only of the word, but be doers of the word of God. We thank you, Father. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.